sipping on a hard cider on a Thursday afternoon, recording a podcast with the boys. Nothing's original and so forth. Nothing's original. Howdy, howdy, boys and girls, and all others. And everybody in between. Gender is dead. Um, (laughs) Welcome back to Nothing Original, the podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Perini. And I'm your host, Vic. <laughs> and I'm joined with my co-host, Victoria Cruz Falk. <laughs> Tongues out for the boys. <laughs> Um, today we are going to talk about college because as we've stated just so many times, <laughs> both of us are relatively recent college grads and we are washed up. So, um, <laughs> we're going to start with our little, our little intro, check in with each other, um, I will use this time as a bit of a reminder. We do have a Patreon if you want to give us money. There are three tiers, $1, $5, $10. If you just want to give us money once and not many times throughout the next year, because it is monthly, we also have our Venmos. The <laughs> um, ciders aren't going to pay for themselves. The ciders that Tori is getting drunk off of. <laughs> will not pay for themselves and neither will her job in a week (laughs) oh boy so tori tell me how are you growing this week honestly i'm not i'm just regressing every single moment of every waking hour i guess i'm like growing and trying to work on letting go um, because I am leaving that workplace, there are so many things that are on my freaking nerves right now. Um, and I'm just trying to spend my time there for the next like week and a half, just being like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. But also when I look at my boss, I simultaneously want to headbutt him and also cry so and i think both are fair and i'm dealing with a lot of like weird like like internalized misogyny and stuff like that and a big reason that i'm leaving is because this like white leo man who runs this business does not manage the business and point blake said that to me and when i gave him my notice he was like did someone yell at you and uh, yeah, I just like know that's not where I need to be, but then I also like feel like, oh, I'm dramatic. 
I'm a baby. Um, I'm never going to make it in the world or the workplace because I have um, standards of treatment. And I know those things aren't true, but sometimes I feel that way and like feel like everyone's judging me, but I also don't care, but I do care. So I'm kind of like of all those things. And also like a friend, like I have not talked to in like months that we used to talk all the time. I'm trying to like let go of that and be like, you know, things change. Like I don't talk to you every waking moment of every day. I don't talk to all my friends the same way. So I'm trying to like not turn that into like, oh, this person hates me. What the fuck is their problem? And just like, oh yeah, we haven't talked in a while. That's fine. But I also like deal with the stuff where I'm like, I'm not going to fucking reach out for the fifth time in a row. So I'm trying to like move past those things and just like focus on what's giving me good energy and vibes. So yeah, that's where I'm at. (laughs) How are you growing? (laughs) Well, um, in our last episode, when we had this conversation, which by the way, to anyone listening, we had a technical glitch. So we uploaded what was meant to be the third episode as the second. And then the second is going to be the third, um, which when we're recording this is it'll go up this Sunday, which is the 15th, 16th. Yeah. It's our anniversary. Do we have an anniversary? (laughs) No, Brandon and I. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Also, it probably is somewhere around our anniversary of meeting. Probably. Because it's the beginning of the school year. Yeah, maybe late August. Anyway, um, in the last episode, I said that I was trying not to make any, everything that happens to me into a crisis. And like on a day-to-day level, I feel like I've gotten a little bit better at that because I am on hormonal birth control once again. Um, however, (laughs) um, last week I was washing out my water bottle and I have one of those Brita water bottles that I did get at Target while I was traveling because it seemed like a good idea. And it has like a rubber straw, you know, like a straw bit. Um, and so I was washing it out and I thought that I rinsed it thoroughly. Um, but I did not. And I filled it with water and I took a sip of that water and it was just like pure dish soap (laughs) Mm, i love the taste of palm olive and before i like i swallowed it like not really realizing that it was dish soap and then i was like (laughs) and then i looked it up because i was kind of like well that can't be safe you know like i'm sure dish soap is fine as like a thing but like i don't know i feel like when you swallow things you're just supposed to check (laughs) and so i googled it and google the gist of the google search was you're going to die and so i called poison control (laughs) and i have already told tori this story that rhymed. Um, <laughs> but it is really important that other people bear witness to my humility. Um, She's dramatic. Um, and I, the, the dude 
at poison control answers the phone and he's like you know poison control how can i help you whatever and i'm like yeah i just swallowed some like a little bit of dish soap and i want to make sure that i'm not going to die and he was like okay (laughs) and he just started laughing and he was like you're not gonna die um maybe don't drink coffee because that might irritate your throat a little but drink some water you'll be okay and so I'm texting, I'm like live texting Ben and Tori about this. And I'm like, I'm calling poison control. And <laughs> that night, Ben and I talked to his parents. And because like he and his parents talked like every week, like once a week, um, which is so weird to me because my dad literally calls me every day. Like, and is just like, hey, I found this house on Zillow that I have no intention of buying. <laughs> you want to look at it too? You know? Um, uh, given my number, I love looking at Zillow. It's one of my favorite pastimes. I think that we've already established that you do want to date my father. <laughs> we haven't met, so I don't know yet, you know? Yeah. One day I'll tell him about this podcast and he can have his own decisions. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we were talking to Ben's parents and Ben's mom um, works in medicine, like within the realm. I don't know. And I feel weird getting specific about Ben's life, but, um, she apparently worked for poison control at one point, which neither of us knew. And Ben was like, so Catherine called poison control today. And they were both like, Oh, what was it? You know, like they weren't even like, Oh my God, are you okay? Like they knew that I was being, they knew everything was fine. Right. Um, and I started laughing and I told them this story and they were like, why did Google tell you you were going to die? And I was like, you know, I think the Google search is either for like small children drinking a little bit of dish soap or like a full adult drinking like a full like refill bottle of Dawn, you know? Yeah. The Tide Pod challenge just with Dawn. Right. So I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't grow a lot. <laughs> But you also didn't die, so... With, yeah, better safe than sorry. Um, I I don't think I'm growing at all right now. I, I'm finishing a dissertation for my master's, which is due next month. And if I felt like I had the emotional capacity to grow, I, I certainly would. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I don't. Um, How many words are you on? One second. <laughs> I am going to step away from the microphone to grab another cider because I am getting wasted live on audio. If we have any listeners in Australia, can you go ahead and let me know um, what your favorite cider is? And if you would love my mailing address to send me that cider that I love so much. The thing is, I don't know the name of it. I had it in (laughs) Europe when I was traveling Mm. and (laughs) now I need it back. New Zealand, please. New Zealand, please. New Zealand, please. Um, I am at 20,000 words, 20,508. And the absolute, yeah, the absolute maximum that I can have is 21,000. So I have approximately 500 words left to play with, and I haven't done a read through yet. So I can't. Sometimes I truly think about school. I'm having a different experience now as you're doing a dissertation. Cause before I was like, Oh, I miss school. I must be in school. I must learn. I want to be a cohort again. <laughs> and then I hear you say the number of words you've typed. And I'm like, I, if I can't do something in a 24 hour period, 
it probably won't get done. Yeah. And honestly, I'm shocked and confused that I've written that many words. <laughs> like, I know that I've been working on it for like probably like four months now, but I don't know that many words. <laughs> it's a lot of those and ands. There's like quite a few words that I got from thesaurus.com that I've never said out loud. See, I just write things and stuff, you know? I'm that kind of essay writer. Yeah, which does not fly for, <laughs> for a master's dissertation. Um, before anyone comes at me, I'm at a school in the UK and they call it a dissertation there, even though I know damn well it's not a freaking dissertation. <laughs> dissertation. If anyone ever PhDs. wants to come at Catherine, come at Catherine in the comments and we don't have comments. Um, and just... Give her a dollar a month for your time. Mm. Uh, my, brother, my brother suggested that we um, create a TikTok. Oh. I... <laughs> to describe what I look like, I look like a father who's disappointed in his daughter. Do you know what I'm saying? Fundamentally uh, untrue. <laughs> I'm just not appealing in a TikTok sense. He's like, he's getting famous on D&D TikTok. No, no. <laughs> Just have him share something of ours and then call it a day. Brandon's on yeah. like gamer and like car TikTok and he's got like 150,000 views on a couple of videos. Holy shit. It's so many. So uh, maybe gamers and vape dudes want to listen to this. I feel like that's our target audience after all. <laughs> <laughs> I play Sims. <laughs> Catherine, literally, literally the other day I woke up from a nap. He was playing video games because it's his escape. And he said, I want to get you into this video game. And I was like, what video game? He's like, have you heard of the Sims? Well, obviously it's 2021. I'm a cusp Gen X millennial lady, Gen Z. That's what Gen I meant. I'm for sure not Gen X. I may act like it, but I'm 37 um, years old. <laughs> my name is Busy Phillips, and welcome to Busy Phillips is doing her best. Another you podcast. Everyone should my listen name to. is Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and then I don't know. Video games are just not for me. Me neither. I like. I used to play The Sims. Like an undergrad like it was like a good way for me to like channel my anxiety into something and now that i'm not an undergrad and that i have gotten into reality dating television it's really just not there's no need yeah um that's a good segue speaking of undergrad (laughs) (laughs) we did it segue wait let's make a let's make a like a thing that we can that i can like fuck around with and make a loop and then every time we make a good segue it can just be like segue 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 could you do that one more time (laughs) too bad this is not a visual medium segue 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 and then it changes screen and now we're to the part of the episode where we actually talk about something that was planned and not just a bunch of bullshit Today, we're going to talk about college. 
Ooh, ooh, we did it. Maybe not the best, but we did it. We did it. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about our college experience, which we experienced half of together, I guess you could say, technically. Um, we met the beginning of our junior year, so we had like the last two years together, although and Tori studied abroad. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know if you guys knew that, but I studied abroad <laughs> three times. Do I, mean, I don't know. Technically, it was twice, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Ecuador. Um, <laughs> but I've been there. You know, Spain. Yeah, I know her. España. España <laughs> with a th. Um, actually, let me educate you on Spanish phonetics. No, I, my friend from Ecuador. Like she's not from Ecuador, but we met there. We were going to be friends either way because she was in the program at NC State. That is the same as the program at UK that I did. And I'm like, oh, we were meant to be together because that was the other school I thought about going to. Mm -hmm. Um, She's applying to the Peace Corps. So send good juju vibes out for her. And now I'm like, oh, should I do the Peace Corps? Because I'm unoriginal. Oh my God. Trader Joe's is hiring. And... I applied and then I told my professor when we were talking about internship stuff, I was like, imagine me a bisexual with her nipples pierced working at Trader Joe's and this beautiful cafe. And she was like, like that's never been done before. <laughs> what? And you, speaking of professors, <laughs> segue, segue, segue. Um, I think you should auto-tune more. I'm looking at like think, 50% of this thing. I think what I'm going to start doing that I liked in the last episode is taking bits that we say and letting us say them normally and then making us say them in different registers. Because <laughs> I think sometimes when it goes deep, we go too deep and then it's kind of hard to know what it's saying. But I've already edited those and I'm not going to do it again. So we're just going to start anew. <laughs> um, we're growing every day. We're growing. I'm growing in my editing style. I am a professional Catherine Perini audio production. <clears throat> um, audio engineer. <laughs> Shouts out garage band. <laughs> um, okay. So today we're going to talk about college. Um, and you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to explain the title because I don't think that there are some people out there who are going to get it. Um, the two boy bands of the late nineties, early two thousands, I would say, um, other than like the Backstreet Boys, which don't count for this, were in sync <laughs> and <laughs> were in sync and ninety eight degrees. And you see, between the two of us, as of right now, we have two degrees. We have two degrees. We have. Degrees. College degrees. I suppose in about a month this will be outdated because we will have three. <laughs> we'll have to re-record. In sync in three degrees. <laughs> <laughs> and the other satisfying thing is that 98 plus two is 100. <laughs> this is the part of the program where I just let Catherine really be a tourist, you know, just really let her enjoy it. Because Tauruses <laughs> deserve nice things too. And boy, do we like them. Um, so like we've said just so many times, um, we both went to the University of Kentucky, which um, 
I am more authentic for because I wanted to go there, but Tori has commitment issues. Commitment issues. Commitment issues. So she was up in the air between UK and NC State. And honestly, who does she think she is? Here's the thing. There were too many bugs on NC State's campus when I went there. Like the cockroach story you told could not. No. Not yeah, that, no. that's fair. That's fair. That's why, like, if I do end up getting like a PhD in like Georgia, I'm really gonna have to like take some time to like I'm gonna have to like schedule a back a bath every week because that shit would be stressful doing a PhD and dealing with cockroaches. I can't. Uh-uh. It's just not anyway. for me. Also, the heat <laughs> has been disgusting here. Yesterday it was 90 degrees in Lexington, which is hateful. And I work in an outdoor kitchen, which is like 10 to 15 degrees hotter than it is outside. That's ass. I almost died. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. Um, But yeah, so we're we're talking about college, um, specifically the University of Kentucky. So we started college in 2016. We graduated high school in 2016 and started college in 2016. Um, Basically went to school with Trump. You know, it all just happened in one fell swoop. That was actually kind of like crazy because in the fall, I was in a political science class, like when the election was happening. And then in the winter, spring, I was in um, a journalism class. And like part of our assignment was to like cover the first 100 days of the presidency, which is wild. Anyway, Tori, tell me about your first year at college. (laughs) Yeah, well, like it was very political. I was fortunate enough to like come in with credits from AP classes and stuff like that. So I think when I enrolled at UK, I was a secondary social studies education major Mm. um, and changed it before I even got here to history. Ew. 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 Um, (laughs) And then, so I pretty much, I knew it was going to be in the arts and sciences and I knew I just like am interested in the stuff I'm interested in. So I just sort of messed around. I like took two gender women studies classes. I took two African-American studies classes. I was in a, like a class literally called the 2016 election. Really? Yeah. And that was creepy. Because it was one of those big classrooms in Jacob Science Building. So there's like 300 mm. kids where it was like one of the UK core mm-hmm. bunch of freshmen. And we voted on the first day, like if the election were tomorrow. And it was like 60, 40 Trump. And then I think on the day before the election, because that class was on a Tuesday, so we didn't have class. And the next time we did it, it was um, 50-50. So, I was in this great program called Lex Engage, which doesn't exist anymore, but it was just about like civic engagement and just like getting to know Lexington and like how to be like an activist and a person here. And that's with my professor that I still do like the internship with, who is like one of my favorite people. She says that like we went to college together because truly like I was with her in a class at least every semester for all four years, except for when I was studying abroad. And she really like has shaped me into who I am today and also just like what my college experience looked like. Um, but I was very like all over the place and just trying new things, didn't know exactly what I wanted. Um, 
And I still don't. That's how I do most things is I just like bounce around and like know that I just like am interested in like comedy and activism and writing and just like getting to know more people. Um, And so I did that and I just like was truly so lucky that I got to just jump right into cool classes instead of UK core. Cause I got to meet mm. like upper classmen that were cool and interested in things that I was interested in and really just like showed me how to do those things and how to be involved on campus. Like I wrote my first poem because I liked this boy who had a poetry club and it was like really good. And then he put it in a book. So I'm like published in this little chat book that the poetry group published. I mean, I don't think it's for sale, but like I did a lot of, I like also, (laughs) I'm such a dork. I was talking to one of my friends. I'm not friends with her anymore, but she was my friend from high school. And I was just so excited and invigorated by all of the free opportunities I had, like all of the speaker series, free movies, just stuff like that. And I was telling my friend, I was like, oh my God, this shit is crazy. I just saw poet Nikki Finney. She came to our class and like, I went to this talk the other day and she was like, oh yeah, most people like don't do that stuff. They're just like, oh, I don't know. She was like, oh, I guess we have that here too. I just don't really go to that stuff. So I've always been like super supportive of people. So I was in a women's empowerment group. And then I started going to the like events of people within that. There was one girl who was a dancer who I loved. Um, and I went to her like most of her concerts. I watched the debates at her house. She was involved with the Hillary campaign. So it was just really like getting to know cool people and like being in awe of them. And also like looking back, I'm just like embarrassed like of the person I was, which I think how is how it should always be. But I like thought I knew everything and quite literally knew nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had dope teachers who were women like my professor um, that I still work with my like writing and rhetoric teacher was a really cool Afro-Latin, which means like black poet or black woman from Appalachia. For those of you not in the Appalachian regions of the United States. (laughs) Um, And she like also introduced me to poetry. And then when I wrote that poem and like submitted it to a contest later, she had like really cool things to say about it. Um, yeah. And I like got back into taking Spanish cause I got out of it senior year of high school. Cause I was going to take like seven or eight or seven AP classes, which was like dumb. Hmm. Um, yeah. And like the election really did shape my time here. Cause I was like, like we're in the South and I shared this like in my episode, but a lot of the people like the black people in my African-American studies classes were like, why did you come here? Like, what the fuck Mm -hmm. is wrong with you? And like, I didn't even think about it that way. And it was also just a lot of like, here's the first place where people like, didn't really understand that I was like mixed and like understood that as an experience, they were like, Oh, what are you? Like, I knew you're something. I knew you weren't white, white. I just couldn't tell what you were. Cause like where I'm from, it's just like, yeah, this person's white, has a white father and is Jewish and then has a Peruvian mother. And like, oh, this person's from Sri Lanka. This, like, just like all different backgrounds. And then here it was very much like, oh, here's your little box. And then I like tried going to the Latino Student Union, didn't fit in. Like, 
but then also in all the like mainly white spaces I was in, I like didn't completely feel within the in-group there. So it was just like, I, I love mentoring people. And one of the things that I would continuously say throughout the rest of my college years is just like, it's like a buffet, just like try as much as you can, like a little bit at a time. And then whatever you find out that you really like, just go back for seconds and thirds and fourths and make that your thing. But like, yeah, try all of the things because like campuses are so, there's so much opportunity there. Yeah. I think I also like had a good strong moment where like, I was like, oh my God, there are so many things. I don't fit into any single one of these, mostly because a lot of the people who lived in the dorm that I lived in or like adjacent to were like really religious. And I'm not, um, because it was like, it was near the the Christian student CSF, whatever that is. Um, Federation? No. Fellowship. Fellowship. Federation. This is um, the Federation of Christ. We're <laughs> arresting you for being gay. <laughs> um, Wait, which dorm I, is that? The Woodland Lens. I don't know what they're called now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just remember feeling like very out of place. And I was trying to overcompensate by being over social, like over got annoying just like talking all the time saying too many things um laughing way too loud and not in like a oh she shouldn't laugh that loud kind of a way but more like i was trying to get attention by laughing really loud i don't know and i had like some bad experiences with some guys in my life and it just wasn't very good um and i was doing pretty well at school my first year but I think it's so hard to do well at school when you don't feel like you have found your place. Like I was looking at transferring after my first year um, because I hated the journalism program. Fair. And I had Buck Ryan um, like my first semester. And if y'all aren't privy to the Lexington news, um, that man has been accused of a lot. So <laughs> um, I I just, and his class made me super uncomfortable and I didn't really like what I was studying. Um, I didn't like journalism. I didn't like the things that I was doing for journalism. I didn't like all the classes that I had to take for journalism. And it wasn't really explained to me because I did go to like a fancy schmancy high school. I think The thing about going to like a fancy schmancy high school is like, yeah, you get a good education and like it's meant to be that way because you pay out the ass for it. But also they assume that you know more than you do because they just assume that you're like there because you know. And it was not clear to me that I could use AP credits to my advantage. And so I didn't like study for APs. I didn't like prepare anything. I got like twos on like all of them because I just, I was just like, whatever, like (laughs) as long as I get a good grade on like the final paper, it's fine. Um, And then when I got to college, I was like, I spent all of last year doing this, like stats. I spent like all of my senior year of high school doing stats and then I had to do it again. um, My first semester of college. And I just remember being like so frustrated with what I was studying. And I was just like 18 and like uncomfortable in my body and 
just like uncomfortable in my space and my roommate who like honest to god a lovely girl we just didn't vibe in the living situation together like we had very different standards for living situations um and i did just adore her but it was like it was a stressor for me to like have a roommate who like didn't keep up with cleaning as i did or as i tried to do um but i just remember being like very overwhelmed and just like sad a lot and like not feeling like i fit and then i met lauren i mean i met yinye like the same day right those are like two of my very best friends <laughs> like um but I met Lauren and I thought I was never going to see her again. And we met because we had to find people in the freshman class on that field with our birthdays, like at that orientation thing and take a selfie with them. That selfie still exists. Um, yeah. And then the reason that I like met her was because we both were doing journalism and they had like a, a journalism major lunch thing. And so she was like, Hey, is this you? And she showed me, this movie. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I, when I met Yen Ye, he and I talked for like hours and hours and hours one day. And, but it was really hard to like find non-academic space with people because I feel like the work life balance didn't really come until later, you know? And so I just remember like everything that Lauren and I did was based around studying because we were taking the same classes and our friend Sam, who was kind of like our third, um, was in the same classes and we were studying for the same things and we were trying to get the same grades. So we were like always working. Um, and so was Yin Yang, except he was like a frat star. So like his social life didn't really overlap with like mine um, because he was a frat star. <laughs> um, so I think like this is pretty common, but like for the first year of college, it was just like very lonely and confusing and scary. And like, what do I do now that I have all of this autonomy and nowhere to put my anxiety? <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah, that first year is really tough. And I, for the next two years, like sophomore, junior, I was a mentor. So then I was like in the same program that I had been. So I was watching everybody do what I had done. And I remember moving in as a sophomore and literally looking around at all the freshmen who looked anxious and nervous and were like, oh my God, like, is that my best friend? Like, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And, and was like, <laughs> I already have friends. I'm okay. And then I think that soon like disappeared because then I like got like nervous about those friendships. And I was just like, uh, uh, uh. yeah. So I read on some, hey, granny, I hear you, girly yeah it's really hard to be a cat i know mm -hmm. but it was like you'll meet so many temporary people between the ages of 18 and 24 yeah and like some of the people i met in the like women's empowerment group i was like oh these are gonna be my besties for life and we don't talk one of them came yeah. up on my for you page and i was like what <laughs> the hell I mean, yeah, she's fantastic and kind of living a dream that I like want, like she's living in Scotland. Um, but like, that is super helpful for me to remember mm. that like, this is normal Yeah, that people are like coming in and out, especially as you're like joining so many different groups or like experiencing a lot of things within like a short period of time. 
Um, but then I also get nervous. I'm like, well, like you are a K week success story, whatever. Like, I don't, I didn't meet anybody at K week that I'm like still friends with or whatever. And so I hear things like that and I'm just like, I did it all wrong. I'm bad. I don't have any meaningful connections. I feel like, yeah, I feel like the only reason that my K week was like successful K week is orientation week. And they have you do like a bunch of things um to like get to know your peers i i feel like the reason that k week was so successful for me was just because i happened to overlap with lauren and yinye like it's it's had that not happened or had i not like taken part in the things that were going on or i don't know had i found a different person who had my birthday they were quite a few right and just taking a selfie with them before they said okay now do this and everyone moved around it's kind of like i don't know like I, I feel like it's it was fate. And I think that the universe was just like, oh, you need this. <laughs> um, and with Yinye, like we started talking like one day because we were in the same cake group and we started talking one day and we were just like, oh, you're my soulmate. Like <laughs> you are my other half. Um, and then I remember being like super insecure because um, Yin Yang was dating a girl at the time and she and I, I would say we were, we never le- reached like friend level and we both tried, but we were just so incompatible that every time we tried it just like we, we butt heads, you know, like we would just, it was just uncomfortable for us both. Um, and I was in a place where I just really needed someone to like give me attention, give me love, whatever it was. And I was explaining to Yin Ye about my like most recent heartbreak or something. And I was saying it really fast and I was really stressed out about it. And I was just like devastated and I was 18 and stupid and whatever. And when I walked away, his girlfriend said something along the lines of like, you have to deal with that every day. And he mentioned that to me. And I just remember being so insecure about the things that I was saying and like, the way that I was expressing myself because honestly, I didn't know how to express myself then. And I like am embarrassed that I was doing it the way I was doing it, which I think is normal and fine. But being 18, being in a new city, no friends, no real connections. Like I had some cousins around, but like it would have taken a lot for my 18 year old self to like contact them and I just like felt so alone. And that was like what really, and even when I had friends, like I, I kind of felt like they were temporary friends. Like I had a bunch of guy friends who like were just like around for some reason. And I still do adore them. Like we're adjacent on social media, right? But like I would never like call them in a panic, you know, like. <laughs> Like I would probably, like if something happened, I would probably call Lauren or Yinye and tell them, but I would never, I don't think I would really ever call like my friend Connor, even though I still consider him a friend and like he's around, he's like circulating the universe, you know? <laughs> um, so I think that like, I, I also made a lot of temporary friends. Also the food just wasn't great. The 90, they really need to limit the shit options they give those kids. Because I, for a period of time, was living off of pizza. Yeah. And we're, I understand that 
18 year olds are adults and they can make their own decisions. They can vote, which, okay. <laughs> um, but I don't think that many 18 year olds should be making their own dietary decisions. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, the only food that I would ever eat from there again is the biscuits and gravy, which may be a hot take. That's actually not a hot take. I agree with that. But I just, I actually lived on the other side of campus and that's when Blazer was still open. And they always just like, I remember like once a week at the end of the week, they would take all the like butts of broccoli and just the vegetable scraps and steam them. And there would just be this huge vat of like steamed shit vegetables. And I remember just drowning that shit with pepper and salt and just eating it and being like, well, this is it. Well, this is it. Well, this is it. Yeah. Blazer was weird. I lived on that side of campus sophomore year. And that was like, obviously where we ate our meals because we had a meal plan. Um, I have weird memories of blazer, like weird, weird, weird memories of blazer. Like one day, one of my roommates I had. So the way that my roommates worked is the first year I met um, my roommate on like the Facebook group, you know, and like we were friends and that was fine. Um, And then my second year I lived with Lauren and we wanted the big sweet dorm. So we got to randos and that's how, we got our third roommate who we were with until the end of college. And the fourth one was her freshman roommate. Um, but she was not really like us at all. Like she went out a lot more than we did and like just wasn't as focused on academics as we were, which is fine. Everyone chooses their own path, you know, but like it was, it didn't mesh well with like the vibes that we had, you know, um, And she came home one morning at like six o'clock in the morning with a friend and she and her friend were being pretty loud. And it was like a Sunday and I was kind of like, oh my God. And I heard them and I woke up and I like walked out and I was like, oh my God. And she somehow convinced me to use my guest meal swipes to get breakfast at Blazer with her and her friend, both of them still wildly drunk at like six o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. Isn't it fun when you have no boundaries? (laughs) I really did. That was a joke. (laughs) I really didn't. Like you could do anything to me and I would be like, okay. (laughs) Anything else I can help you out with? Literally, literally. And like, I don't know. I was just, I was just, just roll me over. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have a roommate my sophomore year because she just never showed up. That's which was fantastic yeah and then yeah i i had a roommate freshman year who is from kentucky and did vote for trump and like had one parent who was a democrat and one parent who was republican and like had weird stuff like she like was really wealthy and took me on a trip for my birthday which happened to be four days after the election and yeah like her friends from her hometown were there and then as we've mentioned and we'll talk about in a later episode i am of latin heritage um and then i like wasn't dancing at one point and one of them was like tori's waiting for that mexican music and it was just weird Um, i also i think that like there was a lot of that like sentiment at kentucky like i've always been 
social justice you know? And I took a class. I actually ended up dropping it because I just had like too much going on, but I took a class. It was like an intro English class. And one of the TAs, maybe both of them were poets. And one day they got to take over the class and they were talking about um, poetry that came from and that reflects upon lynchings in the South. And we had that whole thing and it was very insightful and it was a great class. Like it was quite, quite a good class. And the girl who always sat next to me because like day one, we picked our seats and then the professor was like, all right, pass it around a clipboard, write it down. That's where you sit. Um, and so the girl who like sat next to me for that entire term, we were walking out and she was like, I hate it when they just shove shit down your throat. And I was like, what? <laughs> I, 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 I was so dumbfounded and just felt like, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> um, and then like, I feel like the way that that changed over the few years is obviously that like that still existed and there were people like that. But I think that once you find the people who like support the things that you're passionate about and like that you care about, um, it's much easier to like get through without constantly having to defend yourself, which I think is a very common thing at a state school like Kentucky, where there are so many different, I don't even want to say a state school because I'm sure like Ivy leagues have their like rich Donald Trump juniors. Right. But like, I think there's so much like debate and maybe at a state school, it's a little bit like less of people listening, but I can't say that for sure because I never went to an Ivy. Yeah, that's basically what the internship that I'm in, the book project that I say so few words about on here is. Like, yeah. it's also like we have identified, like we've gone to flagship schools in the South and conducted oral histories. And like, I think something very unique about the University of Kentucky is that it's like the state school in a poor state. Mm. So when you, you have those people that have those views, it's not like you said, you're like rich Donald juniors or whatever. It's like middle-class to like impoverished people. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Yeah. Like the professor that I spoke about earlier, who's an Afro-Latin poet, she had us go to a reading of Afro-Latin poets and I actually like wasn't able to go because I'm a dumbass. and the next day in class, I was so anxious because I, because I literally had just forgotten about it. And I ran into my closet when I remembered that I missed it because I was just like, Oh, well now I can never leave this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> and so the next day I was super anxious about that. And this guy, this white guy that I already did not get good vibes from stood up and was like, I was actually moved to write my own piece. And he read this stupid ass poem that was essentially like, why is it always you versus me? Why can't it just be we? What about unity? And like, it was the most uncomfortable thing I've ever seen. Cause like, there were a couple people that I thought maybe they were like resonating with what he was saying. And there were a bunch of us that were just like infuriated. And my professor, like, this is just like a UK core, just mm. like common class for everybody that everyone has to take a million gazillion sections of it. And she handled it super well and like, didn't just 
sit back and just let it happen. But I just remember being so angry about that. And just a lot of my time on UK's campus being angry about that kind of attitude. Like the day after the election in my general women's studies class, we like didn't do anything. Like, did you do anything in classes on November like 9th? No. We just like talked and people cried. I was in a general women's studies class and there were like a lot of white feminists with bad takes but like who were crying and then this one guy who had a camo hat just stood up in the middle of it and left and slammed the door and yeah it was just a lot of weird polarization and I actually like took chalk I was like devastated and took chalk and walked around campus I think writing like love trumps hate that kind of shit but I also wrote um uh, (laughs) I don't know I wrote like nasty women and bad hombres eat here at the dining hall. And, um, I remember someone on the ground floor of my dorm had a Trump flag that they hung in their window. So I wrote in chalk next to the window. I was like, fuck you at whatever their dorm number was. Cause I like went inside and calculated what room it was because I'm a fucking monster. And I didn't get in trouble cause they didn't know it was me, but I did hear RAs talking about it and it was like a safety issue or something like that they were like thought I was gonna like shoot them up and I was like no that's them (laughs) anyway and they like literally they like the next day when I went around walking to class I had seen that they literally had washed all the love trumps hate stuff with water off of the sidewalks and I like I lit up the whole campus with chalk and I was just like so they really had their black employees at like 7 a.m. go around with a hose and rinse this off. Yeah. When I <laughs> I was taking like one of the core classes, like it's called UK 101, right? But I'm trying to think of like what to equate that for people who did not go to the university. Of it's Kentucky. literally fucking stupid. It's it's a manual of how to succeed at UK. And I skipped that class all the time. I got a nasty email that was like, if you miss this class again, you're gonna flunk. Catherine, when I tell you the next time I went, the professor was quite literally reading off a piece of paper, the definition of plagiarism. Yeah. And it was a whole class that could have been an email. Yes. And it was, it was definitely a class for people who did not spend their entire life preparing to go to college. Right. And like, I think that there's value in that for people who need to know how to do college. Um, But for someone who did spend Truly, there like the earliest that I can remember preparing for college, I was ten. Um, truly, my entire That's life horrifying. was for co- yeah, I was for college, and I just was so like, oh my god, can we friggin' can we stop? Like, <laughs> um, but my professor was really really nice, and the day after the election, she was a black woman. Is I can only assume. I don't want to assume that. I don't know if she's alive, but, uh, <laughs> um, and she came in and she was like, what a sad day this is. Like, this is horrible. I can't believe this. Do you guys want to talk about it? And a couple of people were like, yeah, let's talk about it. And they were just like, I can't believe this is happening. Da-da-da-da. Like everything that everyone went on as if their best friend didn't vote for Trump, you know? Um, and 
then this girl named Caitlin, I think I might be making that up. She had on a Navy hat, like the US Navy and like a comfort color shirt and those sandals that like are thong sandals, like, like flip-flops, but the thong part is made out of like fabric. Do you remember those? And they like loop oh, for the sure. back of your heel. Anyway, oh, she, ew. she had on this whole fit and she goes, I don't really see what the big deal is. Can we just stop talking about it? And I was Ugh. like, Caitlin, I swear to God. Um, but yeah, I feel like our first year was definitely defined by that. I mean, the whole four years was because we had graduated by the next election. But like, other than that. <laughs> um, well, I was going to ask you just to follow up. Granny's making so much noise. I was going to ask you. Like back to you saying you've prepared for college your whole life. I, as I've mentioned before, went to a super, I'm from a super diverse and wealthy area in Maryland. And we were the international baccalaureate school. So all of the brightest kids from the county were shipped into our school and they were the IB kids. And then there was like AP. And if you were in honors, you're a joke. And if you like weren't in any honors or AP classes, you're fucking stupid because that's how classism works. And correct. <laughs> I like there were some IB kids that would go off to college and come back and be like, after IB, like college was a cakewalk. And I like was never about that. Like I didn't like the elitism of it all. And I was just like, no, I like also want to just like play sports and have fun. Like I don't need to take this test to make me feel good about myself and be like, Ooh, I'm an IB kid. Mm -hmm. Um, and I like applied sophomore year, but I was just like, no, but that being said, I was still in a lot of AP classes and just like in pretty rigorous high school environments. And I got to UK and read some of my peers essays when we were doing peer edits and was astonished at the quality of writing and just like literally some, I read an essay and she didn't have periods at the ends of her sentences. And that's when I truly realized like how much of an advantage and privilege I had coming from Montgomery County. Cause I was just like, like, I never felt challenged. That's why I eventually like applied for gains. Cause I was like, this isn't challenging or exciting. Yeah. I'm just like coasting by like I did in high school. And I don't like want to do that if I'm paying this much money for an education. Was there a question for that or no? <laughs> yeah. Do you feel the same? <laughs> um, yeah. I think something that happened to me pretty young is like internalizing that elitism of like girl boss energy. <laughs> so boss. yeah. So like I was very young when um, my first, my first brother went to college um, and I, I think I was 10 and that was when my dad was like, oh, we have to start preparing you right now. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, in seventh grade, I, it, at a public school, right? Like there was nothing great about this school. It just existed because of taxpayers, um, which we need more of, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't a great school. <laughs> Um, in any aspect. Um, I took algebra in seventh grade. I took geometry in eighth grade and I was taking like high school level classes in um, middle school. And 
I just remember being so overwhelmed. And then I had to take the test to get into the school that I went to. There was like the, the SATs of prep school, which I don't remember what they're called um, because taking that test is kind of blacked out from my memory. Um, but I, I, did, I applied for the arts school in the area, um, which had gotten bigger in the, the years prior. Like it was, it was starting to become like a, a bigger, more recognizable school. Um, and I applied for IB at the high school that I would have gone to if I had continued in public school. And then I applied to Mercersburg and I got into all three and I, in my soul, I think really wanted to go to art school. Um, but it just didn't seem like it fit the plan that was for me. Right. And so I ended up going to Mercersburg and I was super excited, but something that they really drilled into me there is, and everyone is that what you are getting here is so much better than what anyone else is getting. Right. Like you are getting a top tier education, which is true. And, you know, when you spend that much money to send a kid to to high school, like you better. Right. (laughs) Um, But just like, oh, a B here is like an AAA plus at a public school and hold yourself to higher standards. You dress nicer. Um, Like all of the families here drive nicer cars. Like you had to, like we had to grow up at a young age, right? Like I lived at home until my senior year, but so many people did not do that. And they lived there the whole four years. And I just like, imagine being 14 and going to live on your own (laughs) to do school. And it was like, there was just so much like, oh, Mercersburg is better. Like we are getting a better education. And I always felt really stupid there. Like I always felt like I didn't compare. And so I just like, I really remember thinking when I got to Kentucky, oh, I am better than everyone here. And I had this like crazy elitism, just like about college versus community college, right? Like university versus community college, bachelor's versus associates, like um, my diploma versus like a public school diploma. And I really held on to that for like a couple of years until I realized how gross and elitist that was. Um, But I think going into college, something that I would like call my dad and say to him often was like, yeah, this is a cakewalk. Like, I am so much better prepared than anyone else. And I'm shocked that they're not better prepared as if it's like their fault, (laughs) Um, which it totally and completely is not. Um, And I was just like, oh, everyone could have the opportunities that I've had. Like I have that, that mindset and like everyone who didn't was a failure. And that was so ingrained into me. And then once I found my passion for like accessible education, I was like, oh, thank God for growth. Like (laughs) literally. Um, But yeah, I think that when I got to college, it was very easy and I wasn't really challenged. I mean, I had a lot to do and I was busy, but I wasn't challenged. I was very bored and that reflected in my grades. um, And I didn't feel like I was challenging myself until I got into history when I switched my major. And then that's why I also applied for gains is because I needed like that small setting, like challenging thing to like drive me through the rest of, I needed to be in tears. I needed to be in tears. I needed to be in tears. (laughs)
<laughs> for the rest of my college career. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I always like found stuff to do. Like if I wasn't, I just like something I think I'm realizing being out of college now is I just like constantly crave connectedness just in like many, like I want to be involved in a lot of different things at once. Mm-hmm. And I also just like want to like meet smart people and have like stimulating conversations with them. Yeah. And COVID has not been super fun for that. Yeah. Yeah. In the past year, I've like really gotten into reality TV and just like chilling, hanging out with no aspirations. And I feel so fucking stupid. Like, yeah. Like I didn't get Fulbright and then COVID was happening. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll just live in Lexington for the rest of my God forsaken life. But as we've spoken, that's just, I need to reframe everything. <laughs> just to kind of like pivot to something a little bit lighter. Cause I do think that college was sad. <laughs> Um, so let's, let's talk about the fun part of college, um, drinking, going out, the not fun part, hookup culture. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off here because I have a lot to say. Um, I, I had had my first beverage, I think like for real, like the, not like just taste like the summer after I graduated high school with a friend. And that was all fine and good. And then when I got to college, I was like, oh, I should be drinking. And the amount of jungle juice that I did consume, it is a wonder that I made it out unscathed. Like, <laughs> um, and I, I just remember like thinking that I should be drinking. And honestly, like when you're sad and like just a depressed little bitch going through like the worst transition, maybe ever for an 18 year old who just wants to learn like (laughs) um drinking helps (laughs) and i had this guy in my stats class who i don't know if he had a crush on me or if he was just like very friendly knowing what i know about men it was the former um and he would like buy me alcohol because he was 21 and he would buy me alcohol and we would like sneak it into the dorms in like our backpacks which it's honestly a wonder that they don't check more backpacks because it's like wildly easy to sneak alcohol into dorms like it should not be that easy and it would be like clanking in our bags like the bottles (laughs) and they just quite frankly would not do anything and i went to like a couple of parties (laughs) my freshman year and one of them i had like the not the flu, like a stomach flu or like a stomach bug or something. We went and I wasn't feeling very hot. I was just like, I got to get out of here. Like I am ill, ill, ill. And, <laughs> um, and we went, we stopped at Kroger because like someone we were with like needed cigarettes or something. I don't even know. And then when we got back to my dorm, I started throwing up and I was like, wholly convinced that I was pregnant because I was new to that whole situation. And I was like, oh, great. The first man that I meet in college, I'm going to have his child. (laughs) Baby daddy. But yeah, I feel like the going out culture is like so pressureful as well. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I had my first adult beverage in high school. I think it was like definitely junior year, but mostly senior year was when I actually drank. I think senior year is definitely when I've done the happiest drinking ever. 
or maybe freshman year. I didn't really drink all that much in college. I remember getting there and we went to the Christian student fellowship like party the luau that they always have and saw ale eight bottles for the first time in my life and i was like oh they're just like opening openly serving beer i was like i and then i like really wanted to get alcohol and then i saw this like hot girl getting her like this guy brought a backpack to her and it had like a single mic's hard and she was like "Ah," over it and then immediately it was just like oh i should be doing that and then felt bad because i wasn't like drunk I don't know. I like don't like really going out. I don't like parties. Like I like a party for me, a good time for me is like some substances, whether it be alcohol or some drugs or whatever, and like a little hangout with like some close friends and some acquaintances. Yeah. Like acquaint like people I don't know is fine. Like you like took me into your friend group. Like I was like, oh, I don't fucking know Elizabeth or Yinye. And then I met them and I was like, oh, right. They're Catherine's friends. They're cool. And like <laughs> that to me is like a good time. I like dancing, but like not like white people club jumping up and down dancing. Like, like, like I like to go to like Latin clubs and dance, but I'm also like insecure in those skills of mine. So then I'm also like, oh, can't do that can't have a fun time if I'm not perfect at having a fun time. And I like made, well, I didn't make her, but like my roommate and I freshman year, like we were close friends. Like we're like, we hardly, we don't really talk at all. Like we don't even wish each other happy birthday really at this point, but she was a great roommate to have and like opened my perspective on a lot of things. And I think I maybe did the same for her. And she definitely did have that attitude of like, why can't it be you? And me, why is it always you versus me? Why can't it be unity? All that kind of stuff. Like Mm. there was hate speech after the election in our dorm. And we had a like really intense conversation led by three white men that none of us knew in the kitchen of our like floor in the dorm. And her mom texted me was like, hey, can you check on her this week? Just because like she said that you guys had a really hard conversation like of the whole living and learning program in the kitchen um and I'm like worried about her so like we definitely had like a close relationship where her like mom was like texting me and worried about her and she like again like I saw Beyonce from box seats in Nashville and like Jay-Z and Blue Ivy were in the box next to us like I had lots of really cool experiences and she was very generous and there were also times where I was like oh I feel like the Latina maid who's getting like paid in like fun Mm. stuff and like free alcohol but like we had fun and like we would dance in the dorm room and then like we also like our similar body types so then we were like oh we're gonna get fit together and we both like played sports in high school anyway all of this to say i didn't really drink that much hookup culture um i'm down for a hookup but i also like am very just like i'm not i don't know hookup culture also leads into like body issues and being like oh well i can't like be a sexual being if I'm like not a size zero. Yeah. College is a bad time. I like did a lot of work in gender based and sexual based violence on campus for my like middle two years and a little bit my senior year. And I watched the hunting ground, which I know there's like many criticisms of it, but it's a documentary on like college rape. And it truly is just like so horrifying and all the statistics of all of that 
Um, so I think my like views on like college hookup culture specifically is just like, I just want everyone to be safe. Everyone to have a condom if they need one. Yeah. Like I, like I've been to like college parties and the, like the only time I really have had fun is like when one of my friends from high school came and we beat all the boys in pong. Cause we would play pong in our friend's basement back home. Like I like competition and sports yeah. and like good friends and just like chill hangouts. Anything more than that, where people are like vying for the attention of men is just really not it for me. Like even in Ecuador, when we would go out, like everything was way more legal there. Like you only had to be 18. Um, I honestly don't even know if that's true. I turned 21 there, but I was, I was drinking whatever, but yeah, I mean, it's like super scary. Like there was one night where I had like, there were like four of us that were a close girl gang and one of them like disappeared that night. Cause she like went home with her guy friend that she was like sort of seeing. And then the other one like had her phone and then two of their acquaintances were like throwing up on the club floor. So I was like getting them Ubers home and like, thank God the Uber driver was so lovely and was like, Hey, she like, doesn't know where she lives. Can you tell me where she lives? Like having just like weird, like stuff like that. So yeah, I'm like the mom friend of the group. So going out culture for me is always like stressful. I also like, yeah, am, like I look like a mom. Like I look like, like I'm not, I don't know. I also, ugh, so many things. I feel so many things about going out culture and specifically about hookup culture, just the number of people, specifically women that I know have, that have put themselves in dangerous positions. Yeah simply so they don't die a virgin like you'd rather die than continue being a virgin like that kind of relationship with consent and like hookup culture really disgusts me and i wish there weren't so much shame around that yeah. like fuck when you're ready to fuck if you want to fuck at all like it and does not and like fuck whoever you want <laughs> yeah and no one expect well that's not true i was going to say no one expects you to be a porn star the first go around but there's like so much shame and stuff with that. Like, especially for men, you know, cause men are supposed to be like sexual abuse, whatever. So yeah, I just, I just really want people to be safe and know that it really does not matter. Yeah. And like, you know, I like, fuck. Uh, I like, like, to, I love that. I'm a very sexual person, but Scorpio, I'm a Scorpio, but <laughs> yeah. And like, there was definitely shame coming from my friend group. I keep talking about my friend group from home. And just to be clear, we were like all good friends in high school and have now like completely dissolved. And that is something we'll talk about in a later episode, not like spilling tea or anything like that. Just like feeling insecure yeah. in those relationships, whatever. Um, but I had like friends from high school that were like, oh, you haven't kissed anybody yet. Like I didn't kiss anybody until college. And really? like, I, yeah. And I like had so much shame about that for like what and like even like i am such a huge liar and love lying to people and i think it's super powerful mm -hmm. like my first kiss was like a girl a girl you know Ooh. and like i didn't tell people that so yeah, i don't I know i just won't get rid of shame yeah i know <laughs> i feel like <laughs> Something that was hard for me 
I don't know like why, but I think that I, I just am like a lover. Like I love people and like I emotionally like love to be connected to people. And that was something that was really hard for me going to college was like, to, like not like hookup culture, like not having that like emotional connection. I was like seeing a, a couple of guys throughout my freshman year, like kind of not really at the same time. They, two of them overlapped, but it doesn't matter. Um, and I just remember feeling so rejected each time and like, cause I, I just wanted to be loved and to love and like, I, I just had so much love like spilling out of my body and I just like needed someone to like give that to. And I gave a lot of love to like my friends, but there's only so much that you can do for your friends before it's weird. <laughs> before it's gay. Before yeah. It's, well, that's, that's a different <laughs> dynamic. There's only so much you can do for your friends before you become like the sugar mama, you know, like, <laughs> um, and so I was just like, really like when i when i met ben which was the summer the june after my freshman year i just remember being so relieved that i found someone who has like a huge heart and just like wants love and wants to be loved and like that's all that i wanted as well good sex is a side effect right like i <laughs> I, I feel like that's just how it is for me like if i have an emotional connection with someone it's going to be better and I, a thousand percent. I hate, I like, I, I hate it. And I never got to knew the guys that I was like sleeping with or hooking up with or whatever we were doing, um, beforehand. Cause I was just like, Oh, cute boy who is interested in me. Um, maybe he'll love me. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, not really getting to know them. And so many of them, not that there were like tons of them, but out of like the majority of however many there were, we were so incompatible. And like this one guy, I won't name him because it's a very unique name that he has. Um, and I can't- Wait, say it, more. say it right now and then bleep it out later. Ew. Did you know him? Yeah. No. Um, he, we met him because um, my roommate ordered too many cheese sticks from Mad Mushroom. Mad Mush. Oh God. And she ordered a 20 inch, we were a little drunk. She oh, ordered no. a 20 inch cheese stick thinking, oh, well we can each eat a 10 if we've tried. <laughs> <laughs> I can and eat a 20 inch by myself. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. So she ordered it and it was huge. And like, I was like, oh my fucking God, what are we going to do with this? And her response, because I was like, I was texting Yinye, I think about it. And her response to that was, it's my 20 inch mistake. <laughs> <laughs> but we were like walking around with like baggies of cheese sticks, like handing them out because we could only finish like a quarter of this thing. Um, and so we met this guy and he and I started talking and started hanging out. And then like maybe two weeks into talking and hanging out and whatever else he like, I can only look back on this and laugh. He was like, Hey, my girlfriend's coming into town. So I am going to need to block you on Snapchat. Oh my God. Wow. A man who communicates amazing and beautiful. <laughs> and he was like, Oh, we're in an open relationship, but just me. Like she couldn't uh, sleep with it. <laughs> and I was like, oh what? Oh my God. And then I, I had this moment where I was like, I'm worth more than this. And I like told him that. And he was like, no, you're not. <laughs> oh my God. 
Um, he also told me that he wanted to try heroin so that he could be in the 2% of people that don't get addicted. Um, so I hope he's doing okay these days. <laughs> he sounds like a great man. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I, I was just like, it was constantly just like me trying to love people and people just like not loving me back. And that's what made it so hard. Like, I think that if I wasn't like that, like if I wasn't just an incessant monogamist that it would have been fun for me to, cause like, I feel like I'm a pretty sexual person and it would have been like fun to me to like, you know, hook up with different people and just like have that experience and have that fun. But it just like, was not something that was like in the cards for me. And then I met Ben. So now I'm committed and I like that. It really fuels me. So I don't know. I, I like am interested in non-monogamy and like definitely like when I was seeing multiple people at the same time, it was like a roster and the audacity that this Gemini man had one day where he was just like, Hey, I'm like seeing somebody else. And I like fully thought that he was like, Oh, I've been seeing someone else and it's like getting serious. So now I need to like cut it off. And I was like super respectful and then he texted me the next day and I was like, hey, no, if you found someone, like, go treat her right, like, whatever. And he was like, no, 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 I just meant I was fucking her. And I, like, took so much offense to that because I was like, do you think it's been you? Do you think you're it? Do you? I- I'm sorry. Once, twice, maybe three times a month when you don't fall asleep high, like, that's not it for me. Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't know how that would work in a committed relationship. Like, I've definitely like caught feelings for people that I've seen in that situation, like yeah. of just physical. And like you were saying, like you were like trying to make them love you or like be in love with them. But like you, like you said, you didn't know them. Like, I don't know these men or this specific Gemini man that's stuck in my brain and I don't like it. Like, I don't know him. He doesn't know me. Yeah. Like the way that like my boyfriend and I know each other, but it's just like at that point in time, like I just like really needed validation and to be seen and to be loved. Um, also, my therapist did ask me one day, she was like, is this the first man that's ever validated you? And I was like, uh, perhaps, 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 perhaps. Stop it, therapist. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think that when I met Ben, I didn't believe that he like was who he is because I mean don't get me wrong he's changed so much and like grown so much since we met but like he's still the same guy so like I I think that when I met him I was like no way is this what he's telling me right like we went on our first date and it was spectacular and we spent until like four o'clock in the morning together and we did that multiple times (laughs) um just like And we weren't like sleeping together. We weren't really doing anything. We were just like hanging out and having a a good time. And like, I told him that I didn't want to have sex with him until we we were like officially boyfriend and girlfriend because I was in that very vulnerable, like nobody loves me kind of phase, you know, that like, I feel like a lot of people go through at 18, 19, um, where they're just like, oh, please validation. I I haven't processed my childhood yet. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) so I met Ben and and I was like, Hey, like after a few dates, I was like, Hey, just so you know, like you're the only person that I'm like talking to dating, whatever. And he was like, Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. And then after like eight or nine dates, like we saw each other every day for quite a while. Um, 
I was like, okay, so just so you know, I deleted Tinder. And he was like, I did that after our second date. (laughs) And I just, I don't, I, I remember being so like, like I texted my friend, Sarah, um, right before I went on my date with Ben and my first date. And I said, like, keep an eye out on my location, like whatever, that kind of stuff. And then when I got back, I was like, all right, I'm ready to be heard again. Let's do it. Um, so I feel like, I don't know. I feel like there's such a weird, like, that's basically what hookup hookup culture ends up being is just like, if you want it great, go for it, do it. No one when they're 18 is communicating that though. And no one when they're 18 is communicating like, Hey, my goal here is this, right? If your goal is just to get to the finish line by the end of the night, tell them that. It's very simple. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. It's, anyway. Yeah, it's just not for me. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a monogamist, I think. I think I always will be. But yeah, so I feel like that's kind of what college is, like, especially in the first year or two when you're like finding your bearings. It's just like, you're lonely, you're sad, everyone's lonely, everyone's sad, surprise. Um, and no one's communicating because they think that they're the only person who's lonely and sad. And college is stupid. Go to community college and get an associate's. And then if you want a bachelor's, go get the bachelor's. But like, you can knock out the first two years of just being in a shithole at home. <laughs> yeah, but also go the my philosophy on most things specifically college is like if you can afford to do it like if you can afford to go to fancy schmancy school do it if you can afford to go to a four-year college do it if you can afford to study abroad do it as many times as you can afford to like yeah I mean that's like a big part of who I am and I like when I was applying to colleges my mom was like well I feel like you'd be happy to live a small like liberal arts school and then I was also like well I feel like I'd also be happy at a big state school and it just like sort of came down to like I will like make wherever I go the best like I will make the best out of it and make the most out of it and that's what I did Mm -hmm. like I ate that shit up at UK yeah you did and yeah and like I think it's also a really good place if you're interested in social justice and activism to like start that in a small yeah safe setting even though it's not always like safe and it is usually very judgy and people are stupid and I talked to a lot of shit and I meant it but I still love some of those people so yeah go cats <laughs> c-a-t-s cats 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 um let's uh do our unoriginal thoughts and um god knows how long this episode's gonna be if you're still listening you loyal support us on patreon should I send this to the Gemini? Yes. With the specific moment that I bring him up and be like, okay, you owe me for the emotional labor that I had to do. <laughs> Actually, some things that I really do need to work on in therapy. My unoriginal thought is that men are trash and that every man that I've given my time needs to pay me and compensate me for that work. But also a big part of me, but it's like little, but it's also huge, is like afraid that maybe I am just like, I was just like super insecure and like needed love and stuff like that. And maybe they weren't as trash as I thought they were. That's, I'm really afraid that men are not as bad as I think they are, which like as a whole, I know they are, but like specific men that I'm like, oh, trash Gemini. I'm also just like, 
did he do anything or did he just like tell me when I talked about my daddy issues that I was going to be okay and then I held on to that for far too long. That's that's my unoriginal thought. My unoriginal thought is I'm going to go in the same vein here. I think that it should be these are not unoriginal. <laughs> these are these are actually quite original. I think it should be completely normal to apologize to someone from your past because you have reflected on something that happened and you have grown. Like I'm in the same boat where I had labeled a bunch of those guys like absolute trash. But in reality, like if both of us had just communicated better or like if we hadn't been shitty 18 year olds, probably would have been fine, you know, like <laughs> um, and like they probably definitely had their side of it. And I'm sure except for the girlfriend, dude, um, it was all justified. Right. Um, and like you don't have to be in a relationship with someone who you don't want to be in a relationship with. And I think that I had a really hard time understanding like why don't they want to be in a relationship with me? Right. Um, because I'm a Taurus, a Taurus, a Taurus. Um, and I was just like <laughs> devastated. And I think that not that I would want to contact those people, but I think that if there ever came a time where it would be appropriate to have that conversation, I feel like it should not be weird. Like it shouldn't be a weird thing. If you just want to like reach out to someone and be like, Hey, when we were younger, we were dumb. Would you like to maybe not hate each other and like be anecdotes in each other's lives rather than like human beings that we've interacted with on a really real level. Yeah. I'm going to make a list search for every man that's ever hurt my feelings <laughs> and just really not weekly updates. Hey, thought about you today because I looked at the trash can. Um, hope you're doing well. Yeah. It's also super dumb because like every man that I've ever been hung up on, or like, do I want to be in a relationship with them? Like what? I just need to get my insurance back in check so I can go back to therapy. Also, I am going to actually make it. It is therapy. So thank you for uh, <laughs> the copay being zero um, or $10 if you hate Star Wars. But um, I am actually, this is my little update. I am going to publish my website soon and I am going to have a newsletter. So if you want... If you're a man that's hurt my feelings, just go to victoriacruzfalk.com, subscribe, and I'll be reaching out to you every once in a little, little while. Yeah. So I guess this kind of wraps up our episode on college. So yeah, if you like what we're doing and you like this podcast, maybe send an epi to a friend um, so that they listen and maybe they like it and you get it. <laughs> um, or That's how the girl gang works. Share us on your socials. I feel like we should make social medias just so we can tell people to tag us. <laughs> um, we really should. Honestly, I feel like I could be good at running the social media as long as you're you okay could. with it being super derpy. Like my, one of my favorite podcasts, they did a live of one of the podcasters doing a mountain bike ride. And there were quite literally three people on the live and it, one of them was me. Um, but yeah, so thank you for listening. Tune in in two weeks and we eventually will post things on the Patreon, but it took us like two fucking hours to record this episode and I'm not recording another one tonight. So <laughs> I'm not recording another one tonight. Also next time we will drink coffee before we do this and we'll probably do a morning, a morning, 
recording sesh and it'll also i'll be out of my fucking job by the time we record a next episode so the next time you hear from me i'm gonna be a liberated woman who's i don't know happy couldn't be me so thank you for listening to nothing original the podcast don't forget to send us to your pals um get our viewer listener listener uh count up i don't know how to see how many people listen to us but that would be cool if there were more of them i'm sure more um, than five <laughs> would be a lot cooler if you did it'd be a lot cooler if you did <laughs> i think we're at like 20 <gasps> thanks guys that's so cute thanks, guys. we know personally every single person that listened and <laughs> we love that but um, we want like at least like five acquaintances to mm, listen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, oh, this is what I had to say. We will work on the audio situation. We're doing this over Zoom. We're figuring it out. It's not going to be the best for probably the first season. Um, but, you know, once we get it figured out, it's over for you hoes. Um <laughs> we're going to be the number one trending podcast on Spotify. It's definitely our sound quality that's holding us back. Um, so nothing else, nothing else, definitely not our content or our voices or anything that we can control. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening. Just thank you so much. God, you have no idea. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Good night. Bye. Do 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 do. I think you know what the song sounds like. Catherine, that's exactly what it sounds like. No, it's not. It's like beep 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 Drink water, ho. I'm not gonna like be able to do the instrumentals and that. I'm gonna listen to it really quickly because I don't believe you. Catherine doesn't believe women. It's true. Fuck women. <laughs> Nothing original the podcast is brought to you by Victoria Cruzwalk and Catherine Perini. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash nothing original pod or go to our website nothingoriginalpod.us to support us any way you can. Don't forget to share with a friend and don't forget to download because we don't know how the analytics work, but we think that downloads mean something. Thanks so much for listening.